Guess who? And guess what? Footy Prime is launching a gin, and we're having a party to celebrate. Thursday, June 6th, join the whole FP crew for Footy Prime's one-night stand at Nickel Nine Distillery in Toronto. Come celebrate Footy Prime's one-ball gin with Nickel Nine Distillery mixologists on hand, Charmin's proper pies, meet and greet and photo ops with your favorite primers, and a live Atska's Almost Anything podcast. Footy Prime's one-night stand, June 6th at 7 p.m. till when we kick you out. Tickets at eventbrite.ca. Footy Prime, your almost daily footy fix. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Oi. The boys and girls on Footy Prime on occasion are known to use vulgarities and frankly appalling language. And sometimes the tales can get quite adult in nature. So keep the volume down if there are kiddies around. And thank you for listening. Oh, let's go! Booty, booty. It's time to get this party started. Booty, booty. It's time to get this party started. You know that we are the number one show. So grab your fucking mitts and now it's time to go. Cause it's the booty, booty. It's time to get this party started. It's the booty, booty. You're listening to Footy Prime the Broadcast, a broad perspective of all things footy. Footy Prime, your almost daily footy fix. It wants to make sure that this sounds good. It's okay. good. My husband. <laughs> Wait, that was Ricky's voice? No, that's Soleil yelling, but he's going to shut the door Amazing. once he knows that we're good for sound. Thanks. I put headphones on Milo this time. Oh. oh. Are there are there Cheerios available for Milo in case he picks up? He's got rice crackers. They're fine. You don't need to hear me pouring them. Oh. You also are aware there's, there's a mute offered. button, though, now, Claire, right? I am. <laughs> yes. Mute button. I yeah. can. <laughs> kind of oh, forgot man. about that. Rian, are you good? Do you have snacks? I wish I had snacks. I brought my tea and my um, Schitt's Creek mug. Oh, nice. Oh. <laughs> Are you all right? Are you in I a closet, Rian? I have to sit on the floor, you know, how uh, other how people are. in our lives. So I'm sitting on the floor of the bedroom. So Okay. I'm here. I'm on time. I showed up with my earphones, Amy, and I know where the beat went. Oh, my is, gosh. So. Okay. I didn't know oh, Car was going to be here. This is fun. Oh, surprise. <laughs> Oh, and really, Car looks the most presentable of all yeah. of us. No, I was like, "What? I'm in a guys. I have sweatpants on and are on the bottom. Oh, but that's okay. Yeah. It's the business on top. And <laughs> yeah. what is it? Party on the bottom or comfy on the bottom? We'll go with that. <laughs> on the bottom, comfy. 
Okay, before we get any further, I always forget to do this. And I probably say the same thing off the top every single time. But this is Footy Prime Broadcast. I'm Amy Walsh. We have Rian Wilkinson here, Claire Rustad, and a special guest, Carl Lang Romero. <laughs> I don't think I've yeah. ever said your full name before. <laughs> no. Well, thanks. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Happy to be here, ladies. Yeah, for, well, for anybody who doesn't know you, like, this is Carl Lang. <laughs> Of Canada Soccer Hall of Fame fame. Lore. Yeah. Of I think people just know you. But two World Cups, one Olympics. Had to retire prematurely because of fucked up knees. But what could have been, we can get into Uh, it. But you're a legend all the same. You're joining (laughs) us. So thank you. Thank you for having me. You guys, this is awesome. It's nice to see all women's faces on here. Right? Yeah. Yeah, it's, the it's best. amazing. I think this is missing in, in especially the footy prime space, but I think in the in the podcast and media at large space, women's voices, right? Yeah, 100%. Mm. About if I'd known I could game. sit on the floor for it, Rian, though. I know what is happening. I'm so confused. <laughs> That's Rian act, like literally setting the bar low because you're sitting <laughs> down in the closet. I, I'm in, in front of it. I think this is, I tried. Right, but where is your computer, though? Is it on like on a bookshelf? Oh, no. okay. On the bed. I'm literally on the floor next to my bed. <laughs> Whatever works, Ree. Cara, you haven't changed. It's been years, and you look exactly the same. So it's a slightly upsetting, but also amazing. Oh. <laughs> um, well, thank you. <laughs> Again, you can only see me from here up. So. Oh no, I've seen. I've seen <laughs> everyone sees the Instagram. We have Instagram. Like, we know. We're aware of how good you look. The neck down as well. Yeah. So don't get into that, please. Well, thank you guys. Thank you. Keeping yourself in pretty good nick. I know. I'm like, I've only got one kid. This isn't fair. <laughs> wow. Well, um, you know. Cara, how many, um, how many touches did you get keeping the ball up the other day? I think we all oh my saw God, it. you guys, do you know, I wouldn't let my kids go home until I got over a hundred. I'm like, we used to shoot for like a thousand and it was hard for me to get a hundred. And then I could barely walk the next day just from juggling the ball. I'm like, what is going on? This is like, not, oh, it's just, it's, it's a bummer. It's a bummer that like, the one, like the first time I retired, it was because I was like, I want to be able to kick the ball around with my kids one day. And like, I probably could have still had I not tried to come back. Yeah. And now since the third ACL, it's like, it's just like, it kind of kills you that the thing you love is like, it's the one thing you can't really do anymore, even just for wow. fun or with your kids. So it's a bummer. But yeah, we, they were all like crying, like, we're tired. I'm like, I need to get to 100. <laughs> so the competitive spirit's still there. That's a life. Well, it's more just I just need to prove to myself, like, I still got it somewhat. But oof. yeah, it was sad. Sad day. <laughs> they're like, Mom, come on, let's go. Was Ricky yeah. the same way? Was he like, Carl, like, come on, cut the cord, let's yeah. go. No, seriously. He was like, babe, they're tired. They're hungry. Like, we got to go. <laughs> Cara, are your are your kids impressed with you at all? Because oh, mine no. is like zero percent. No, 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 no. Yeah, no, they're like no. They're your children, guys. Sorry. Yeah, they don't. I don't have a hope. <laughs> they don't care at all. Like, <laughs> like not at all. They're like, oh, I can do that. Ooh, I can do yeah. that. And they can't, but they think. They can. <laughs> no, I thought my kids would be impressed. Like in early two thousand, like two thousand, two thousand one, they ran like there was like a Sobeys campaign, and then we were on Nutella jars. Oh, and, like, yeah, my mom that. kept it. And so like, I still have it. And so I like thought I was going to really impress my kids. And they're like, oh, 
Yeah, yeah. I, I guess. Right. That's you? That's you, Mom? Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I see my name. And they're like, oh, yeah, okay. Like, Can you or, uh, those those one-hour World Cup preview shows that we had, I was in Australia, and, and my parents had, had Milo, were showing them to him, and he's like, too much talking. Where's the game? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Okay. R- Ricky tries to show the kids some of the, my clips on his iPhone, and they'll like – after 10 seconds, they're already swiping to try and like play their Next. music or like find Peppa Pig yeah. on the phone. Yeah. <laughs> Carl, with, with obviously soccer being hard with all the surgeries, you you and Amy are really into your yoga. And are, do you get competitive doing that with Ricky? I've seen a few of your videos. Do you still have the competition even when it's not meant to be? Like, how I mean, do you handle that? <laughs> so Ricky doesn't do yoga. I don't do as much yoga. My yoga practice is more just meditation at this point but we're still so so competitive like yeah no matter what we're doing like we were I mean if for me like the other day there's a new gym and they were doing beach workouts on the beach um and to get a free membership you they did like a sprint race in the sand and I I lost to this girl who fully she was like former soccer player I could tell maybe 10 15 years younger than me and she beat me by like an inch you, you had to like reach for a baton and they it, they had like lined up a whole bunch of batons they had everybody like at the starting line and you were facing the wrong way and they'd say like ready set go you turn around reach for the baton and they kept removing the batons the amount of batons um until there was just one and it was us two fighting for it. And I full on dove into the sand, had like <laughs> mouthful of sand, like so bad. And she beat me. And Ricky was like, did you talk to her after you lost or anything? I'm like, no, I grabbed my stuff and I walked home. Like I didn't even speak to anybody after that. I was like, I could have had a free membership and this gym's expensive. I was so pissed. So he knows like, it's always, like no matter what, no matter what we're doing, like we've, both fully like injured ourselves trying to like beat each other in races and stuff like that. I love it. I love that. That's still there, right? That's incredible. That's never going away. Your kids must be unbearable to other children they're playing with, with the two of you and how competitive you are. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, well, it, they're all so different. All three of them are so, so different. Like I think Soleil is going to be the most competitive. Like she is, she doesn't complain. She doesn't cry. Like we were climbing this like sand hill yesterday and she, not once. And the whole time we're doing it, like not once did she complain the whole time we're doing it. Ricky's like, if this was the boys, they would have been crying or asking us to carry them at this point. Like they're just so the, the boys I'm scared. Diego's starting my middle one starting soccer for the first year this year. And as he's great until the ball gets taken away from him. <laughs> and then he starts crying. Thank you. <laughs> So. so yeah i don't know we'll see we'll see first year of soccer so we'll see how competitive they are or if they just cry that's amazing it comes later yeah. too yeah it's not it always does. right from the start yeah Rian, also you're slightly creepy right now because you're yeah you're frozen you're, you're frozen, audio you're frozen it's actually a pretty flattering frozen face like it you're is smiling. like if you're gonna you freeze yeah nice. isn't that the concept <laughs> concept of botox <laughs> it's not like one eye. maybe it's deliberate <laughs> Rian's like i look great we're just gonna pause. This. there we go you're back hi there. but but car maybe you can just like to that competitive spirit aspect of that, that never goes away like was that what drove you to come back um like when john was in charge and then you kind of they they started you like they almost you were completely broken down and then they built you back up to try to make you as resilient as possible but like the mental resilience that must have taken on your part to do is pretty incredible. And if it's not driven by that like crazy competitive spirit, then I don't know if you even get there to start off with. Yeah. I mean, I, I think 
for sure, the first thing was just the opportunity to play in a World Cup at home. You know, like, like obviously pinnacle of your career, but to do it at home, you know, I just think that that would have that was my number one reason for wanting to come back and and try. Um, you know, I I I get a lot of feels watching Australia. Like obviously they're they're not in the final now, but like just the emotion and the pressure that was on them, but also the way they embraced that and just the idea that we had the potential to do that. You know, it didn't work out that way in 2015 for Canada, but it's just like even the the idea of having that opportunity um, to even just go deep in a tournament in your home country like Mm -hmm. you know that I don't think anything could have ever matched that and um so that was for sure the the main reason um but then yeah just just to prove to myself that I could still do it and that that was a big one too like and and being told that I was here we have all the tools like this everything is going to be laid out for you we almost will guarantee that your knee will not be an issue. Like, you know, that's sort of the way it was sold to me was that we are going to do everything we can to make sure this never happens to you again. And you will be a hundred percent fully fit when you step back on the field. And then it's like, like the second day of back to contact, I tear it again. It's just, you know, it was, it was probably too good to be true. (laughs) Looking back on it now. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, you got to, I mean, we could dive more into that, but but we won't, but you brought up a lot of good points there, especially about Australia getting to live that at home and making a deep run and they have to sort of gather themselves and get ready for that third place game, yeah. right? which still means so much. It does it though, did, guys, well, we all played in it. We played in it. Does I it? Nobody, I it's like you guys did. That's what it I always feels like it's, to. it feels like it's not going to mean that much. And then the game starts and then it's like, Oh, yeah. okay. We care. But it will yeah, like, for them. They're still at I, home. There's I know. still so much for them. to. Yeah. For, I think I like. the fact that they're at home will definitely, you know, at least they'll walk away with, with that. And they'll, they're, they're obviously so clearly still going to have the country behind them. Like watching those videos of the fans in Australia. And the fact for me, like the, the biggest takeaway for me watching was how it was all adults in the stands. Like how, for how long has it been all little girls? Like every, the idea was, this is a, this is a product that can only be sold to little girls. Mm -hmm. And you know, it's that's, that's sort of like the standard and as far as it's going to go. And that's all you have to rely on is these ticket sales from like young girls, which I mean, amazing. Yes. We want to influence and encourage and inspire young girls. But the fact that this was such a hot ticket that it was so obvious, all the parents were like, uh, no, like we're going, I'm going to take my, my best friends or like, you know, husband and wives are going, whatever. Like it's, it was the entire crowd was all adults. It was like, so obvious that this was like the place to be. Yes. It just, and people are seeing stuff on like social media, like, yes, like the huge crowds and the watch parties and all of that stuff. But like, individual like anecdotal stuff like grown men saying i'm not going to my uh, aussie rules game i'm yeah. going to like the equivalent of the dollarama and i'm buying those black stretchy gloves for me and my mates and we're yeah. gonna wear them like mary fowler in the yes. stands and i just yeah. I was like oh my god like, that's incredible the the number of times like i mean you guys know me i it doesn't take much for me to cry but like the number of moments where like i'd be watching and ricky would be like are you crying right now and i'm like i just there's so many moments in this tournament where like, it's just awe inspiring for me. Like, I'm just like, I just feel like in England, especially like that, uh, probably a, 
and Spain, like above all, they're, it's, they're just saying like, we've arrived. You know what I mean? Like those teams in particular, but every team in this tournament, it's just like women's football has arrived. Like I truly feel that way. I feel like we've sort of been saying that or we felt like it's on the cusp, but like, that's just how I feel about this. This is like, I don't know. I'm just, I get, there's throughout all the game, every time I read something, every meme I'm seeing, I'm just like, like the number of men's players that are supporting their women's teams and mm -hmm. just like, that was a big reason why for me, I really wanted to see England in the final was just because I just feel like they have, it's so ingrained in the English culture, but it's finally like the women have done what the men have not been able to do like torturously yeah. for like over 50 years. You know Claire, what I mean? You and like your line, you want to say it? Claire. No, last time like, I had the pressure. I screwed it up on live no, TV. Say it now. <laughs> no, I'm giving you the platform. No, because now I actually think football is just going to straight up come home. Obviously. Like I think England's going to win. My line was it was going to come home or it literally already is, but Australia lost, so I can't use it anymore. Yeah. Well. But the irony is that the women might might finally bring it home, right? And well, actually, do you see Mason, want... Mason Mount had We Are Lionesses yeah. on his, on his boots. boots? Like, I just, like I guys, I, I like, I'm tearing up thinking about it. Like, it's just... Oh my gosh, I love it. I, just, I feel like here, you know, I, like maybe not us actually, and, but and yeah. <laughs> you guys feel the same way? Like this is like, it's been getting there, but this is truly like the moment. I felt like I saw it coming. After tw at, like after 2019 ended, it was like the next World Cup is going to be different. And everyone was like, oh, it's going to be expanded and 32 teams and people are going to get destroyed. And there's going to be all these 13 nothing games. I was like, no, it's it's this oh, it's is done the opposite, obviously, it's like, the, this uh, is exact opposite. And it you could see it. It wasn't. I mean, I've talked a bit about like how this how like, during the Spain American game, you could feel it for a moment there. Like the Americans hesitated. This is in 2019. And but it wasn't just that game. It was it was the whole tournament it felt like was on the edge of something. Um, and if you think of the trajectory of, of the WSL and the, um, and the Spanish league since then, I mean, that's just being mimicked in what the final is now. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So I, I really felt like I could, like you could feel it coming and then just the popularity as it's growing and growing and growing, like the euros kind of really flipped it over one more, one more card over. And yeah, it's yeah. been, it's been so much fun to watch and, and yeah. Cause I, I think I was watching like Julie Foudy talking about it and people were like, Oh, they, she was like, they need to stop saying like the world is catching up. She's like, they've caught up. Oh, they've arrived. It's, it's over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, so. I had, I've been thinking about you a lot, just watching England. Like, did you see this coming? Like, would you, when you were with England, were, were you like, Oh, this is, you know, we're there. Yeah. I, well, yeah, it's crazy because I've I, I completely disagree with Claire. Only in that in 2019 when I was there, I would never have predicted this tournament. I it was getting bigger. You felt like things it was growing, but it was growing growing exponentially. And I think everyone complained about the time zones. Everyone co complained about the expansion of the tournament. Like I think that it's blown everyone's expectation. Oh, as soon as the U.S. goes out, no one's going to watch anymore. Like all these storylines that people put on the tournament and it just keeps proving us wrong. And I completely agree with Claire in that it's just every expectation has been blown out of the water. And this is the reality of the game. The, the, time, the times are terrible for everyone in North America, but they're amazing for where the game needs to grow. They're like, well, that's sorry. the thing is, I think that's why where these, these storylines are coming out of the U S cause I'm here right now and I'm, I'm witnessing it. I mean, my gig was over when the U S lost, you know, because 
as far as most people in this country now are concerned, the World Cup's over. So I mm -hmm. think that those storylines are coming out of here because the vision has never been beyond the U.S. It was like, we're the best. The rest of the world doesn't really exist. But like it has grown outside of the U.S. so much that like, sorry that the times don't work for you here. But like you said, there, it's like prime time for all the places where it needs to be prime time. Because right. if people aren't willing to look beyond just their own team in this tournament and recognize the beauty of the whole tournament, then it's sort of like, forget you. Like this game can, can grow on without you if that's what needs to happen. And I think that's exactly what's happening. It's so interesting though, like you right. being in California and experiencing that firsthand, right? Cause I think there's a, there's a dichotomy. There's the difference between the women and the men's game in the U S where it's always going to be very U S centric regardless. Yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a hub of navel gazing, right? It's like our own shit and nobody else. And we don't give a shit. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think it's even, it's even more obvious with the women's game because they've been so successful. There've been no yeah. reason to really look beyond their own borders. Yeah. But now or, they're forced to. And, but yeah. if you look at like the, the way that they consume soccer, I think like there's a high number of people who tune into to the premier league. There's a high number of people who probably pay attention to league MX high number of people who pay attention to champions league and like, like pockets, you know, you see like those, those graphics about what teams people support and follow based on where they are in the U S like yeah. there's an appetite for it. So for I think sure. now like the, the growth, there's an opportunity now for the U S to sort of get on board with what's happening worldwide. And that's yeah. exciting because they usually set the trends. Yeah. But they just have to acknowledge that there is a tournament <laughs> yes. beyond the U S team. Yeah, but like, now they're they forced to, to start... in a sense, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I mean, yeah. and that's what Claire spoke so well. It has been growing in very obviously growing in Europe. And yes, I was, I was with team GB in England, um, for the Tokyo Olympics to answer that question. And we, we got eliminated by Australia. I think it was four, three, and it was a crazy game, but this is the tournament where Canada won gold. They were incredible. Canada was incredible, but also there were some very good teams in that tournament who just didn't get the lug, the rub of the green. And I think GB was one, they were, very good. Um, so, so when yeah, you not were surprised that they're when, doing so you're well. not. So when yeah. you were in that environment, you were like, because to me, what's just amazing about England is just the wealth of depth that they have. I mean, yeah. how many teams could have made it this tournament with the number of injuries that they've had? I not very many. You know, you look at Canada mm -hmm. and how Canada did, and it was like, oh, they're missing Janine Becky. Like that's one player. Like they right. they should be fine. Same yeah. with the U.S. Like. You know, Mallory Pugh, what's her last name? I can't Swanson. Yes, yeah, Swanson. Swanson. Mallory Swanson. Becky Sauerbrunn. Like, you know, but that's a few. That's a handful. You're, it, well, actually, two teams. We've got both England missing all, and then Spain. Yeah, but Blackwood didn't make subs, players. so it didn't matter if they had yeah, the bench. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You guys, I had some people when I was like, the England first thing doesn't I said make is many like, subs, just That's saying. true. And on well, the run to winning Euros, um, none. Didn't zero. change her 11 at all. Right. No, so but now been... she's changed her formation, yeah. which oh, yeah. I think like it's almost like been such a blessing in disguise that change in formation because here they are in the final against Spain and it's probably the perfect formation to defend against Spain. So it's sort of like just another example for me about England, about how everything just is falling into place. It's almost like, I mean, obviously they've gotten here because they're fantastic. They're dominant. They're just great from top to bottom, but also just seems like things that, you would see as huge obstacles for other teams just end up they're like overcoming them and yeah. it's like just taking seems, it in stride right it like blessing in disguise they're just like no. unflappable to they me have, i just i just had, i'm just so impressed with them i'm like yeah. what do you, what do you a bunch think of badass we? women
Yeah, for real. Re, if you put your <laughs> Milo, if you put your coach's hat on and you look, yeah. so now they get James back. Where like some random FIFA, like okay, it's not a one match ban, it's not a three match ban. We're gonna yeah. two match ban, which seemed yeah. arbitrary and strange to me. But it's FIFA, so it's it, it's on seemed arbitrary. Or it seemed like the FA had a little uh, conversation with somebody. Yeah, <laughs> I think we've got to remember that we're Canadian and. Uh, Melissa Tancredi, there were some some things FIFA has gone our way as well. Um, oh, are we talking? Because <laughs> I watched it and then Ricky was like, oh, that was bad. I'm like, I've seen worse. <laughs> I was going to talk about this. Tell the, tell the listener what you're referring to. Well, I, all I'll say is I, I'm not It is not the first time that we've seen FIFA or governing bodies look at incidents a little bit arbitrarily. And there needs to be a lot more of uh consistency in that if we're going to gain respect yeah. for these organizations that are running it like I, I i don't i think it's great that lauren james is back for the final but also i can see why people are very upset by it and it doesn't sit that well with me either i have to yeah, say what I is mean, the melissa really piece what is this <laughs> cara <laughs> cara I, come on listen I don't know if I want to be the one to bring it up. I know Carly Lloyd brought it up in her book and Tank was not happy about it. <laughs> it was mentioned in Carly Lloyd's book. But all I'll say is when we were watching it, to me, it was like, it was obnoxious. Lauren James's stomp. It was obnoxious. It was like a petulant brat. That's but it really it was. It was petulant. wasn't the perfect yeah. word to describe it. It, it, was, it was immature. It was, but on the scale, you know, what I said was, like I said, I've seen worse. And at least she wasn't stepping on her head. That's, you know, because I've, that's. Oh, that's that. We- <laughs> <laughs> Let's put it this way. I, I, I have done. That. Listen, I have given you enough information done. to look this up. <laughs> I've obviously I'm done sure it's a lot worse. I love you, Tank. Sorry. <laughs> but let's take Tank out I of it. There's no way. That Claire would not have been red carded many more times. Amy would have never played. She would have been constantly suspended. Yeah. Right, I got two off. yellows in one game and I didn't get sent off. Honestly, <laughs> they I just forgot to say to that. Yeah. yeah. It was in I Mexico. I got that. two yellows when we were down to Mazatlan and I came off the field. I didn't even know I got the second one. I came off the field and Ian Bridge was like, You know, you got two yellows, right? And I was like, No. <laughs> I was like, Didn't the ref know? There, he was like, Oh, it must have been the other redhead on the team. Yeah. The other five, the ten redhead. Yeah, also, like, you're a doctor and you're highly analytical. Like, you for sure knew that you got two yellows. No, I didn't. I did. I, I turned around. She yellowed my it. back. I had no oh, idea. Oh, you didn't recognize I think VAR has changed the game. And I was talking to my stepfather father and he's like i just think that the game has gotten a lot more aggressive than i've ever seen it i was like i have got to disagree in every part of my being (laughs) feels like the game is now in a place where teams like spain and like japan and thank goodness colombia who are playing this beautiful game where before let's be honest all of us on this call we've been on teams we're like we're gonna bully the shit out of them because that's what we got today yeah and we would win you would win because of physicality and for our speed and Kara scoring worldies regularly and Sinky as well, and we'd win games. But now the game is able to thrive because those moments where you could get little digs in or let's go over the line, which was part of the game back then, you're getting red cards. And that yeah. moment of petulance should have cost her three games. Yeah. And we've all seen worse. Like we brought, I've done worse. I know I have. Um, and so that's something that I'm really loving about the game. We still aren't seeing the diving. Please keep that out. But as money comes in, it's going to be harder and harder to keep out. Um, See, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Cause I think that the change of the ref, I don't know if, if 
if the diving will creep its way in. I hope you're right. I really do. Well, because it won't I, ever I think, the way it is like in the men's. No, no it can't because now that they're actually adding added time in a, in a real time fashion, like you're going to get, there's no point in rolling around on the ground. You're not wasting any time. It's just going to get added on the yeah. end. Like that it changed, it changed the men's tournament. It's, it was the fakeness of it. Right. I think it's VAR more yeah, than the, added the time. Diving changing yeah, yeah. It. Yeah. I think though it's, I don't think it's that, that, physical dominance is going to disappear completely. I think there's a balance. I mean, I think we saw it a little bit in Alex Greenwood and I was against Australia, you know, nine minutes in and she just has this absolute massive tackle, Mm -hmm. which was so obviously to me, her sending a message, you know, to Sam Kerr, which, you know, I'm looking at that and I'm thinking, great. Like I, I don't, it wasn't, so dangerous. It wasn't, wasn't an insanely dangerous tackle. No, no. Yes, she got I yellow. was happy that she got the yellow because sometimes it's not awarded because it's early on in the contest. Yeah. Right? yeah. I mean, See, but, but yeah, it. to me, I, I still think it's yellow. I think it's still worth it. Like as much as I am great, like so happy to see teams like Colombia and Spain thriving, as you say, like, yes, I think the game is able to grow more because of this. But I think that there is still something to be said for setting the tone. Like, I think that's exactly what Alex Greenwood was doing in that situation. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Nobody was injured, but it was very, a very much a clear message. How good was she in that game, by the way? Oh, my God. No. Yeah, oh my God. I mean, I think like she's been the best player, I think, on the pitch. Yeah, and we like, didn't. She didn't make our Olympic team. She didn't make. Oh the my Olympic gosh, team. really? Mm-hmm. I didn't even know that. And Chloe Kelly had done her ACL. Like, talk about depth. I'm saying that. Yeah, the player so of the game, in my opinion, Where... didn't make the Olympic team. Yeah, but yeah. she fits so well in that in that back three. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. Leah Williamson did her ACL, right? Yeah. I mean, like this is this is where you've got when you've got a real depth of talent. When you do have these injuries, they're they're huge. I'm not saying that Leah Williamson's not missed or Beth Mead. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that someone else steps forward and has tur- tournaments like she's currently having right now. And she's on yeah. everyone's top list. She's been fantastic. Somebody well, like Fran Kirby is missed. I feel like more than yeah. those other two, because they have replacements for like a Williamson or for a Mead, but do they yeah. necessarily have one for a Kirby? I think no, that the way that Vigman has shifted the formation and then James fits back in. So I want to take it back to you, Rian, with your coaching hat on <laughs> how you think England fares and the way they set up the way that Cara alluded to against Spain. I think it's going to be a really exciting game because England is not built to sit back and absorb pressure. They're totally. just not, they're not good at it. And those are the spaces that England thrives in. So I don't see, I actually don't see Lauren James starting. Um, yeah. Really? Yeah. Um, do you know this there? is your Vigman intel, like the way that you know her as a coach? Your best friends text all the time. Your um, spidey <laughs> sense, your Vigman spidey <laughs> sense. I think she's incredible. I think like the team had to come together through that adversity. And I think she's very good at rewarding what, what she's seeing. Like there's arguments that Sam Kerr shouldn't have started the Australia game. And we that's crazy. That, didn't we? Mm-hmm, we did. Yeah. I didn't think she was going to. No, I didn't think so either. And, and he felt like, how do you not start Sam Kerr? In my mind, I was like, I hope she's healthy enough that if this game goes to extra time, because I felt it might, she wouldn't have to come off and she'd have mm-hmm. this huge impact. I'm just saying, like, I think like Serena can look at it two ways, but I think she's got a team right now and the formation's working in the, and I really liked the last game where it felt they just looked confident. They looked like they were shoulders back, relaxed and very, very prepared. And I, I think Spain's going to be an incredibly hard game and that Lauren James could easily come in. I just don't see her starting because I don't would I wouldn't want to mess with that. And Serena doesn't. She doesn't tinker. 
She's yeah, taker. it's winning so, formula. That's what she yeah. did in the Euros, and that's what she's done up to this point until forced yeah. to. I also think for this new formation with the attacking midfield role having sort of like a defensive, more of a defensive role, again, will have more of a defensive role against Spain. I just yeah. don't see that being Lauren James's strength. I think yeah. Elatune fits into that position more suitably than Lauren James. Elatune so. is a quality player i mean and they're very very different types of players and i don't think she's hit her stride two years ago with manu as well she was really flowing i think it's been a little bit more rocky um but you can see they're starting to get the comp same with russo like really starting to step into the tournament now yeah. and lauren and hemp as well she was unbelievable what timing too you know like what if they're all hitting their peak right before the final of the world which Cup, is what like, you want you brilliant. want to grow you don't want to peak yes, in the they're first fully game, growing right? into this tournament i love it yeah. i really i think it's uh i love that you brought up the formation changes cara and like spain there's, so, there's all these storylines that always come with a tournament but what i really like is you got two very different brands of the game being played at the very highest level. And I don't see either of them compromising that. Yeah. I think they're both going to go at it, which is what we want so, for a final. Do you see England just because, I mean, that was Japan's plan, obviously allow Spain to maintain possession and then kill them in the counter. And you would think mm. that that is what England would do. But so do you see them, if you don't think their strength is sitting back, you see them just taking it, taking it to Spain and just going head I to head. I think high press until it's broken. I think they'll press as high as they can because Spain can be rattled and they've seen that. Um, yeah. But then as soon as it's broken or they find the other side, they'll then sit into like more of a medium trap, like ready to spring on the uh, the counter, probably with Lauren Hemp, like trying to spring their left side. Yeah. That's how I would guess, yeah. I think England's pacier up front than Spain is in the back too. Mm-hmm. Like I yeah. think, I think. Oh, they're, that, that, I mean. They're so dangerous up front. And I think that's yeah. what this formation has done too. It's allowed them to have more freedom in the attack and it's really sort of unleashed how dangerous yeah. they can be in attack. So I think that, you know, they've they've looked great up to this point, but I think, as we said, they're just growing into it and they may look even more dangerous <laughs> heading mm-hmm. into the final, yeah. with, especially yeah. against Spain. Yeah. I don't know yeah. how you feel about bronze, Re. I'm not <clears throat> sold on Lucy Bronze. Oh, She's I, a great athlete, her. phenomenal yeah. player. I know Phil Neville was pushing her as like the greatest player who ever lived when he was England's coach. (laughs) But I think that, that. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow! Did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com/acast and use code acast for twenty percent off your first purchase. That's a vulnerability there. I think that offensively they were finding daily pushing up a little bit higher, but bronze likes to bomb on as well. So I feel like if they do break that press that's where they're going because the rest defense, if they're able to recover yeah. with like that back five 
is yes. solid, is confident, and Mary Earps is playing really well. But like, if they're yeah. able to get them and they catch Bronze up, then yeah, that's what you get. She's never going to sit low, right? So if you're going to play Lucy, then you've got to have a slightly off. Did you say if they're going to play loosely or if they're going to play Lucy? You're, <laughs> you're something else. You would you're something. Else. <laughs> um, Did you say you're loose? What is my eye roll coming yeah. across uh, through the podcast? No, you're um, frozen. You're frozen on an eye roll. Actually, <laughs> that's good. Accurate. <laughs> I think uh, I what what makes Lucy so good. She's an incredible athlete. Everyone can see that. It's the competitiveness in her and the competitor and how people are galvanized by that on the team. Like she demands it, but she's I I think she finds that level. I think when she first joined the team, it came across as like full bitch, and there was mm-hmm. a lot of like ruffled feathers. Her arrogance, kind of like you, Amy. <laughs> yeah. no. yes. just, instead of does just be like full bitch full bitch <laughs> i think uh, she's so well respected and appreciated because it's not always pretty she just is she's almost a throwback to the earlier type of um athlete like a grinder obviously yeah. so much so much more than that but someone who will run herself into the ground for the team but you're not going to have someone who's going to i don't think tactically she's the most astute i think she's very vulnerable in the back post but that's not why you're playing her so if you're gonna play her you've got to have a very responsible back line they've got that in millie bright and alex greenwood they've got it and Mm -hmm. then the whole line swings across really well and makes up for it they also have midfielders and wingers who do the work getting back and we've played like that as well all of us here knew that when someone went forward a strong team you're filling that gap in for one another and I, i think they've been doing that all tournament like she's it leaves a vulnerable space, but it's not open for very long. Someone else is filling it very quickly. So, yeah, I, th- I think really highly of her just because I think she sets a tone that the team follows. And what do you guys think? Like, Rian, you've talked about this before. And I think that Spain getting this far, despite what's happening with the Federation, the association backing Vilda, Las 15, and like the players who aren't there, um, you know, in Patry in uh, uh, Mappy Leon, like one of the best center backs in the world. And yet mm-hmm. the talent on the field is shining. Yeah. So I'm left conflicted. I think it's a difficult conversation to have because what's on the pitch should be celebrated. What mm-hmm. Spain has done to support women's soccer should be celebrated, but does it, it doesn't mean that we don't have the discussion, even though it's more nuanced and it's more difficult. So how do you, how do you do that? How do you honor what's happening on the pitch and celebrate that talent, but at the same time, talk about potentially what's happening behind the scenes not you specifically just in general (laughs) go for it claire i think you've got something to say no i just i i mean it's it's they're just sort of emblematic of all of the federation issues that that so many teams have had in this tournament and leading up to it and dealing with it during the tournament too and they they're kind of the pinnacle of that right and um, I, I think that's what you do is you celebrate the players on the pitch because they're the ones that got them here. Um, Does Vilda deserve to be celebrated? He's not by his own players. Have you guys been watching? No, he's not. I know. But has that been the narrative that, say, the broadcasters want to push? You know, is, is there a possibility that the players actually do like him or a portion of the players do like him? I'm just playing devil's advocate. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, it's, it's impossible possible. to say, right? Like, it's, it's yeah. impo- we're, we're not there. We're not involved mm-hmm. in the conversations. Like, I don't, I don't know exactly what's happening. But, um, yeah, I think Rian had something yeah. exciting. It looked like she my, was levitated. I think Rian probably does. Because, like, my yeah, feeling really is 
even if his tactics, as it were, Rian's known for air quotes on the pod, even though it's an audio medium, I'm doing all right, all right. Yeah. <laughs> um, for maybe his tactics are simply getting out of the way of the talent, right? And letting them play freely. I'm sure there's more to it than that. And Rian, you can speak to this as a coach. But um, I, I just had an issue with the commentator at the end of the last game. I know, when, when right? When they won and just saying, you know, he's not been liked by all of his players, but now he deserves to be celebrated. And I just think you can't yeah. talk about one without saying the other, you know? Yeah. And it's Rian. hard to say, like, yes, Rian, go, go, right. go ahead yeah. and go. Well, Get after just, it. If you're not there, you don't know if they're doing this completely in spite of him. Like, you know, it's, yeah. it's that's. We, we don't know. So does he really deserve to be celebrated? I'm not sure. Like, I think also my biggest question is how long can this go on? Like, is yeah. when is the breaking point of where, you know, because you look at England and from top to bottom, from management to the last player on the bench, it's like no one player is bigger than the team. So obviously everybody knows their role. Like just the connection between the manager and the players is clearly so strong. And so it's like no surprise that they've made it to the final. For me, I'm just like... How does a team that is dealing with this kind of drama and dysfunction within the camp make it this far? And at what point does it become their downfall or does it ever, you know, like that's for me, that's like a, such a big question heading into this. Like, is this where they break? Because it's, it feels like in some ways they must be hanging on by a thread if, you know, they've got this kind of dysfunction. I don't, but yeah. ran. <laughs> well, I like we're all saying the same thing. We don't have enough yeah. information. Yeah. And so people have, it's such a storyline that people have picked up and you're annoyed with yeah. the commentator for saying, well, we have to celebrate what he's done. But that is the opposite side to everything else that's been said about him. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. it, it's almost like, I, if you were on that team and you liked the coach, would you ever say anything? At this point, would you be the one that goes to hug that coach? Like, it's, people have created something and there's something there and it needs to be looked at. And obviously I hope after this tournament, there's a full debrief, but what I hate and what I think happens a lot in soccer is people make up their own narrative and they get real black and white about it. This man yeah. is evil. He did it. And I'm like, Oh, that's a huge thing to say. And he might not be liked. He might not be liked, but is that reason for everything that's happened here? I don't, I don't know. And if, if players don't want to play for their coach, that's happened since the beginning of time that people don't like their head coach. And it's happened to a lot of players that we know who refuse to play for coaches that we've had. And that is a choice you make. And it sucks because I wish that talent was at this tournament, but the way, way people are vilified, he might be awful. And I hope that that's investigated, but the way people are telling a story about this man that I feel like, I hope he's done something awful. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Like, no, honestly, I, I know he'll never work again. Like, and he'll, he possibly will win the world cup and have his reputation so destroyed that he'll never work again. Are you kidding me? Do you think so though? Like, do you, th do, or does it all go away if he wins the world cup? I mean, he's already got the full support, obviously of his federation. right now. It's not going away. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I don't know. Like, yeah, I think never work again is probably a huge statement. I'm sure that there's going to be a job for him, but his reputation will be affected forever. And that is where we're at in the soccer sphere right now and with how strong social media is. We've made up, and I'm not saying I haven't read the articles, but they're differing articles. A lot of them said it wasn't about the coach, it was about the federation. And so I can see how 15 players would go on strike. And we've also, everyone here has been part of a movement where we've kind of gone on strike and everyone has had their own agendas. <laughs> 
and we've all been like, oh, I'm going because of this. Or there's been these moments where, and it usually just goes as like funding. <laughs> we just sort of like put a blanket over that. What does it mean? I think there's a lot of unknown. And what I hate is when people fill the unknown with their own storyline. And that's my fear. And I hate it because Spain is playing so well. And I mm -hmm. love the tournament. And everyone goes Poof, into the coach, like who hugged who and which handshake. And I'm like, God, just put it There's on the so players. Yeah. They need to be celebrated. This is phenomenal for the game. And I, I just, that extra drama, I'm like, it's, it's necessary for a storyline of the media. Um, and I'm sorry that those players aren't there that aren't there. But I, is it 12 that came back of those 15? Is that correct? I don't know if it's that many, but there's three, I think, who did not. I think there was, yeah. they were allowed to kind of come back, write an email, accept certain terms, and then they were available for selection. And three made right. themselves unavailable for selection because they didn't, despite, you know, maybe coming to terms with certain things or meeting halfway, it still wasn't I okay didn't for agree them. with it. But I've also yeah. read articles vilifying those players that came back. And I'm like, well, what about the yes. players who never went on strike altogether? Like, they're okay because they never took a Yeah, trying to sort of change their mind. Like, Mati and um, who else was like Hermoso to a certain degree, like even Puteas, who was injured, mm -hmm. but was sort of complicit in her support of yeah. those 15. Yeah, I just, what I don't agree with is, as you're saying, Rian, in media or social media, it's very black and white. It's... You know, it's wishing Spain, wanting them to fail. So there's a reckoning for the Federation and for Vilda. Yeah. Or there's a commentator who's very singular in his support. That's what I didn't like. Yeah. I didn't, That's I didn't not I like the you. fact that he was talking about the coach and saying you should be lauded for what he's done. I just didn't like that he was making that a very almost blinders on celebration and not acknowledging what else was happening. I think you have yeah. to be right. very careful when you're but are people like, this is happening. So now, yes. I don't think they are on the other side, Amy. I don't think they're saying like this coach, despite him, who's been awful. They all hate him, but he's done really well with his tactics. <laughs> it's just yeah. as blunt as blinkered on the other side is what I'm saying. That's, I hate it. It's so dramatic on both sides. I, I feel there's a nuance. There's a humanity piece. And I was talking, sorry, that we're going off topic, but I was talking no. to someone about one of our former coaches the other day. I mean, look, the, the terms that are used now, we, we've been through the ringer with some of the stuff. And Cara, you alluded to it, right? Like some of the stuff that we've put ourselves through. And, and at a certain point, the Federation hires a coach who has a, a reputation for how they coach. You look at their history. And so you're, you have to accept that that's the kind of coach you're getting. So I have heard stories about how he's a micromanager. I mean, that doesn't come out of nowhere. You, you've always been a micromanager and the game moves on. So I hope to goodness, someone tried to help him become a better coach by teaching the new methods, by understanding you don't need to weigh everyone or do room checks anymore, maybe caliper test every two days. Like there, there's things that we accepted as normal and that coaches learned how to coach with that are not acceptable anymore. Um, mm -hmm. And the times are changing. So I just like, that's one thing I'm, I'm just very aware that we've almost lost some humanity here. Like how do we educate instead of vilifying? And I, I'm going to take, the Spanish coach out of it. That's not what I'm talking about right now. I'm just coaching in general. The, the first thing we do when we don't like something is to, is to cut off, to, to dismantle, to, to label before we're like, well, wait a second. Like, have we even tried to fix it? Have we tried to educate first? Um, like players going on strike. They can't, we've missed some of the nuances, the humanity part here. And I, I don't want to lose it. Cause I think it's one of the best parts of the women's game, all the storylines, all the good parts as well as some of the bad. It's not perfect. Can we talk about, as far since we're talking about storylines, um, Selma 
Pariuelo and just what that what she means to Spain, you know, since we're on Spain and <laughs> the humanity of I just for me, I mean, some I see some people talking about should she start? Shouldn't she start for me? That's not even like the the concern. I think if she they continue to have her coming off the bench, she's clearly like so dynamic she's a and game changer, right? Yeah, absolute yeah. game changer. But for me, what like another emotional moment for me is just watching this this woman become a star and becoming the face of, of football in Spain, a country that has been riddled with racism over the past year. And now you have this woman of color stepping into the spotlight as like, guys, I can't like, there's so many moments in this tournament where I'm just like, we like, we have arrived. This is, we are like the example for humanity right now. Like this is everything is just falling into place in such a beautiful way. And I'm just like, you know, whether Spain wins or loses the World Cup, like what sh- Perriuelo is doing for women in her country and specifically women of color in her country is just like unbelievable off the charts. Like I'm just yeah, like, and she's, she's like 19 yeah. and then she, she scores that winner against the Netherlands and then she does it again. Like it's just unbelievable. And she's, and she's, I mean, Ricky was like dying over her celebration where she's just like ice in my veins. I'm like, yeah, you do. You do have ice in your veins. And then she sort of reluctantly let her boot, her reluctantly let her boot get polished by some She's like, like, okay, we're doing this. Okay. Okay, mine. (laughs) Does that hit? Like you, (laughs) you and Claire were part of a 2002 generation that really changed the landscape. I'm I'm so happy that you're bringing it back to this because I wanted desperate really to get there before when Cara was talking about Australia and like the run that they're right. on and like the, the game that third place how yeah like for you yeah, guys so please continue I love well, my, yeah, my two questions it must hit home because of that home world cup element but also these young young players becoming stars and I think Cara are you the youngest ever world cup scorer was that the stat I don't know if I've been beat at this point but maybe I, I think I, really I think this know. young Spanish star is the second youngest and you might be the youngest. I'm not sure. But uh, I think there's a lot of parallels there that you guys must be watching and knowing like you hope that they're looked after and you hope it continues to grow because it, it, what maybe wasn't the moment it could have been in Canada in 2002. Maybe you guys can speak to that. Yeah, I mean, I think yeah. historically like the CSA has not capitalized on those moments. There's been a few of them where it's like, OK, here we go. Like now let's continue this momentum. And it doesn't, I don't think football around the world is, is there anymore where this, I think it's inevitable that this is going to continue and be capitalized on. And this is just a moment that is just going to continue and become more moments. And I think for somebody like Parayuelo, like this, her career, this is just the beginning of an amazing career. And when you said like, I hope that she's taken care of, is that what you said? Like I, I think, you know, I was just having this conversation with a friend the other day, you know, where I was playing like her on multiple teams, you know, you, you, uh, 17, like 20, you 17s, you 20s, the women's yes. team. I was going from can like when you guys were going home from Portugal, I was then flying to France, you know, to meet the U20 team. And it was like, at that time, nobody was going to tell me like, hey, like you need to take a break. Like there wasn't really that oversight. They needed me on the U-20 team and on the U-17 team. So I was there and I was a teenager. I'm not going to say no. You know, I think there's more oversight now. I think that somebody like Parayuelo is going, her time hopefully will be managed because it would just be crazy not to. I hope that they recognize what they have and that she is the future of football in their country and that 
you know, it, it would be crazy to like run her into the ground at 19 years old. So I just, I have faith that that's not where we are anymore in, in women's football, that, that there's no risk of that. So, but I mean, well, I think being with Barcelona and the advancements in the professionalization of the women's game and the club game, hopefully that, that management for her is there at the club. I think so. I think they already have that, those systems in place because they've been in place for the men. And now hopefully the women can benefit them as well from them as well. Um, and that she can too, because I just think, you know, I think we're going to be saying her name a lot Mm -hmm. for the next 10 years. Do you have anything to add, Claire, about like your experience at the, was you 19 at that point in, in 2002, right? Yeah. I mean, I agree with Cara. There was 10 of our starting 11 that was playing with the senior team at the same time. So we would just like rotate like senior camp, under 20 camp, senior camp or under 19 camp, whatever it was. And um, I remember there was no, it, there, I think for me, there was this constant fear that if I said no to a camp or like, I need a break. Oh, that was not an that option. That was that was like, okay, bye. Yeah. And so it was like, no, I have to go. Like I flew, I think I flew, yeah, for my high school graduation, I flew home like the day before. And I think I had to leave camp a day early. And even that I felt nervous. That was a real fear. There were people that didn't come back. A real fear. And then by the the time I got to my college season that fall, I was fried. Like I was just, I was absolutely fried. And um yeah, so I I remember that, but there was I think there was a moment where I saw the Australian team walking. I think they were downtown Brisbane, just like going for a team walk, and all of a sudden this like patio realized who they were and just went crazy and all stood up and clapped and cheered. Car, I don't know if you remember that when we we went for a walk for a team lunch in Edmonton once, and the same thing happened. And it was like, I think it was after the Brazil game or something like that, and everyone went nuts on this patio. Just a second, buddy. Okay. Do you want another apple? Sorry. Cheerio. Get the cheerio. Cheerio. Here. It's like Um, chocolate. Here. (laughs) I should have some chocolate. Um, And I think I I remember that and being like, whoa, it's never happened before. And it really did feel like that tournament ended and, um, and, and that died. And it was sad. And I think the moment I knew as even as a teenager that that was probably going to happen was after the Brazil game, I'd scored on a corner on a header and then Katie Thorlickson dogpiled on me and I couldn't breathe. But, um, <laughs> it's a very, me, very Katie thing to do. I feel like, <laughs> yeah, I was like, Oh God. <laughs> um, and then, uh, we went to the press conference the next day and the press conferences back then were always kind of funny. Cause it was like, no one wanted to talk to us. They just want to talk to Christine. So I was like, okay, fine. I'm here. Um, and the the men, this men's senior coach, the Canadian men's senior coach was there at the press conference. I have no idea why, but he was there. Who was it at the time? Was it Holger? It was Holger. And Holger comes up to me, he goes, nice goal. Did you mean to do it? And I was like, oh, fuck off, so Holger. We're just not there yet, are we? So I get really triggered when people post like clips of something that female players do. Like there, I think Arsenal did this a while back with, can't remember who it was who did some sort of like little tricky backheel pass. And they were like, they went around asking all the players if she meant to do it. And I was like, I get really pissed off when people do that. I'm like, <laughs> why can't we just celebrate this as the amazing thing it was instead of questioning whether she meant to do it. Um, anyway, so no, that, sorry, that was an aside. Well, the um, amazing, the antithesis to that in media was the campaign for the sponsor for the French team. Remember? Yeah. Where yeah. It was oh, videos, yeah. Uh, like highlights okay. and it was of the men's French team. 
And then they showed, it was like, you had to keep watching and it showed how they digitally altered it. And it was actually yeah. the women who were doing yeah. it. And it was just stunning. It was, it was yeah. unbelievable. Oh, no, you didn't. Yeah. Um, so more of that, yeah. please. Yeah. So it felt like, I don't know, it, it felt, it felt, re- it was really cool in the moment of that under 20 and under 19 thing. But then, I mean, having that interaction with Holger, I was just like, oh, okay. We're I think really in being taken seriously yeah, here. It was a moment in time. I think it was very clear that it was a moment in time. I think the fact I that I remember hearing like, that like after the first or second game, they'd sold out of the t-shirts they had made with their names on the backs and they weren't going to print more. Do you guys remember that? With our names on the back? <laughs> they'd only made a dozen. <laughs> there were, there were no the t-shirts thing, with you know, my name on the like, back, Cara. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, they, they, it was like, everybody was like, oh yeah, we can't get them anymore. They're done. And they said they're not making more. And it's like, how are you not making more? And why are you yeah. not going to continue to print these after the tournament? Unless it's so like, and I was very young at the time. And even for me, I was like, oh, oh okay. There's like, no, there, nobody's anticipating this continuing beyond this. No, yeah. know, no one has any foresight. Unfortunately, it's not changed. Yeah, and it's so frustrating too because it's like, I think because there were so many of us that were already in with the senior program at that time too. Like this wasn't. It's not like it wasn't. It. That's why there wasn't potential. There was so much potential, and that's why that lack of foresight really bothers me. It's because I mean, like the ten of us just sort of. In fact, there was more than that because. I think all of the starting 11 ended up at some point playing with the national team. And it's like, how did you not capitalize on that? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Cause it wasn't long before that it was the 2003 world cup and like half of us were there. Yeah. 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 It was, I found that, I found that frustrating. And then having the home world cup in 2015, even that it's just like, it was kind of like, yes, we are going to do a world cup. And then it was over and they're like, Good job. job done. Who said that the other day? Is, is it the mission accomplished behind George W. Bush? Yes. Complete. <laughs> no, that's not. That's Someone not said w. that the other day and I loved it. Instead of it being like the catalyst to take off from, they felt like that was the finish line. Yeah. Yeah. So who, yeah. I, I think yeah. it was Aaron. It was Aaron McLeod oh, when McLeod, she was yeah. on. Yeah. She really yeah, astutely true. summed it up. Yeah. But going back to Australia, because I want to get your take on that third place game against Sweden. And will that be sort of, I mean, it's already a success. It has been in Australia, just the tournament at large, but also Australia themselves. But how about that Sam Kerr moment? Like we talked you about guys. whether or not she was going to start, but to see her just take that ball and just say, she's got forward on her left. And like, I took a video of us in studio and then Claire's like, lay it off, lay it off. And I was like, fuck that, keep it, go. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. That unleashes that shot. Oh, like, oh my God. It was just water. like, it was the, the moment. The, even the though they thing, didn't win. The first, okay, first and foremost, I was like, thank you, Sam Kerr, because this is the moment we had been waiting for. If, the only gripe I have about this entire tournament is that we did not get to witness yeah. Sam Kerr in all her greatness. And so I feel like that, gold gave us a little bit of a taste of what she's capable of and it was like so first of all I was like thank you I feel privileged to have witnessed that because that that was just incredible that's the thing that we had been I heard you Amy and I was the same like that's what we wanted to see from the Canadian team like somebody just have like the guts to just have a go from distance like that like believe in yourself you know like the first my first thought was ballsy 
that was a ballsy play. Thank you so much. Like that's what we needed and wanted that, to see from you. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was so interesting. Cause I was like, Oh, she's hurting. Cause she couldn't like, she's so fast and she wasn't getting that that step on the yeah. defender. Oh no. See that, that slight explosiveness just, just missing just, a little bit. Right? Was, she was like, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Or I'll do yeah. that. <laughs> oh, it was very early here, that game and uh, out West. And I was, I was jumping. I completely agree. Cara. That was such a moment of the tournament. And I, it's so sad that they lost because what a I, run for them. But I love that we saw that from her. Where are you right now? Re? Out West. Yeah. Oh, okay, because I because I I heard the the BBC broadcast that they were like all hail the Wizard of Oz and I was like oh, oh my god oh, isn't that awesome amazing that's, how did we not think of that, that. that. <laughs> I know right that was the amazing best. and that's so, from the that's you know clear opposition I'm, yeah and wait did you see the Spanish kind of broadcast no there's some there's a there's a Spanish broadcast out there of it and I've never heard someone hold goal for as long as he does. Have you not watched you've watched so- Mexican broadcast before? <laughs> exactly. No, I, I have it be like and a I'm saying, lower level club soccer game. I have, but I'm saying this went on for like forty five seconds. Like I'm amazing be, at the lung capacity for it. It'll be Cara at the park with Ricky and the kids and Ricky's like, Go hundred percent. Yeah. yeah, that's why he's there. Yep. That's why he's there. That's why he's there. Oh, well, who do you think's gonna win? Maybe yeah, quick, uh, quick roundtable here. Quick call on. Okay, but, but let's do third place game first. Do you guys think that Australia? Yes, beat Sweden. Yes, Australia beat Sweden. Sweden yeah. will beat consensus. Australia, Australia yes. and England. Yes, both win. It's coming home. That's my. Yeah. Although I did pick home. Japan to be in the finals, so maybe I'm not the best I person. <laughs> I think I picked I picked England in like my bracket is like the only thing that is still holding because everything too. else fucking blew Me too. up. Me too. I think you had England, Japan. You had England, Japan, Claire? I had England, Spain finals. The only part of my bracket that worked out. The only part. Last time we spoke, both of you guys did not have England winning the last game. No, no, no. When I first did my bracket, I did, if you recall. We guessed get the receipts, right? That last game, our last podcast. (laughs) No, I said I didn't tell my bracket. No, not your bracket. I'm saying what you said on the last podcast. I know. I oh, they didn't. I so changed, changed it because I minds. thought England okay, could do it. Okay, people change their minds. I yeah. did. I said it because I thought England couldn't do it. I thought France would probably win. But I'm my original bracket said England's So I don't remember. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what I said. Mm-hmm. I, I think, I I said think that Spain, I want England to win. I think if like, you know, push to choose. But I think I think that Spain might. You think Spain? might take it. Yeah. That's why I think I mean, Sweden might win in the third game because of like all the emotions for Australia. Sweden. Hangover, that's emotional. Somewhere. That's my. That's that was what I was thinking too. I mean, I yeah. still no, pick Australia, true. but I foresee an emotional hangover. Can you imagine like the come yeah. down from that and the mm-hmm. the pressure? Oh my gosh, the the pressure that they face, like, and then not to do it. Yeah, yeah. but I still think they. I, that's because I, I'm 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 betting with my heart because that's what I want is for I Australia. Hope, I hope win. they do as well, but I do <laughs> think Sweden. And I think, um, yeah, I think England will win. Yeah, that's great. Well, FuboTV.com/slash/FreddyPrime for Premier League stuff, national team stuff. If you guys want to check that out, but again, how dare you? Women's World Cup is still happening. Um, <laughs> Tony, bet for any of your bets. You've heard predictions here, so you can do that. But Carlang Romero. Thanks for joining us. You're Thank welcome. You. She's the only one who gets her full Thank name you. on her thing. Carling Romero. You're just Claire. That's right. Just Claire. Up. <laughs> Claire, we fill those out. That's on us. Oh, really? Oh, <laughs> right. oh really? Did I fill that out? 
I didn't oh, know you we know. Bringing no, no, away. my my uh, my sound tech filled out my thing for me too. Your sound tech. <laughs> how, old, how old is your okay, sound tech? Last name Romero, I'd imagine. <laughs> yeah, of course that made it there. <laughs> So I was going to say we're here for a good time, not a lang time, but we're here for both. Oh, yeah, great. Wow. So that's been a while, guys. Yeah, where that came you from, said 45-minute max. This has been I hour. know. We've gone over. <laughs> Never. I what apologize. has it ever been 45 minutes? Never. You Never. lied, Amy. I know. Not the first time. <laughs> but thanks, everybody, for listening oh, yeah. and for the broadcast and keep broadening the horizon. Follow us on Twitter at footy underscore prime and on Instagram at footy prime IG. Thanks, Cara Wang. Okay, guys. Love Thanks you all. Thanks for coming on. Love you, too. <laughs> Talk soon. Bye. Seriously, you're welcome whenever. Okay, Bye. Call me. Bye, guys. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.